0: But the more that you do, the more you will be helping us build the B network. You'll be contributing uh, to the way in which public transport can be built in our city, city region. And it's a really important message. Get on board. That was the Mayor of Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham, talking about what he describes as the biggest change to buses in Greater Manchester for 36 years. This is the Manchester Weekly from the mill. Hello, I'm Yoshi Herman, the editor of The Mail, and I'm here with Danny Cole, who is stepping in for Daryl. Maybe I'm stepping in for Daryl and you're stepping in for me. Is that roughly what's happening, Danny?
1: Uh, Sounds like it, yeah.
0: I've just come back from holiday and Daryl's now taking a bit of time off, so we're going to muddle through. We are recording this in the office, um, as we sometimes do, so if you hear the odd uh, tap in the way in the background or... A bit of noise that's because we're doing it in the mill newsroom but Danny we've got some interesting stories to talk about today including the fare cap on the buses which is obviously a a big story in, in in the city region and we're going to be talking about the new prime minister Liz Truss we're going to talk about Ryan Giggs who's facing a retrial but let's start off with this bus story you were at Andy Burnham's press conference you heard him talking about this announcement what exactly has he done and why is he saying it's such a big deal?
1: Yeah, so Andy Burnham has introduced um, a bus fare cap, so that means um, an adult single is £2 and a a child's fare is £1. He's brought this sort of scheme forward um, a year early, just because obviously everyone at the moment is experiencing cost of living crisis, Mm. um, and it's a move that's been welcomed by, um, understandably, a lot of commuters around Greater Manchester.
0: I mean, I actually got the bus in this morning um, from sort of Withington area, so I, I paid my two pound fare. But I did not know how much it would have been before. I, I think it only would have been like two pounds fifty before, or you can get the magic bus on the same route, which is like one fifty. So I guess for me, it wasn't a huge discount, and probably wouldn't like radically change my behaviour. But this is really targeted at those in, those single journeys where you can end up paying like five pounds or 450 or whatever isn't it that that's that's where people will start to feel a,
1: a real benefit mm, yeah yes um when andy burning was speaking to reporters um there was a question as to why he hadn't targeted sort of weekly fares and he was just saying that you know the majority of people who kind of commute will use sort of single single fares so obviously they wanted to target sort of the areas that people sort of use the most
0: Got it, got it. So this is part of Burnham's big plan to create what he's always calling a London-style public transport system where things are integrated, um, where you don't end up paying absurd prices because you're two different operators. The big part of that plan is bus bus franchising whereby the he's effectively taking control of the bus network again that's not what's happened this week which is a sort of fair cap with the same companies but the London system that he's emulating is interestingly in quite a lot of financial trouble at the moment isn't it so it kind of um, feels like a, a funny time to be emulating it even though it is a much better service tell us about the London system and the situation it's in
1: Yeah, sure. So um, it's fair to say that, you know, what London has um, is sort of envied across the UK and sort of um, other areas want to sort of copy that. Um, but in recent years you know tfl transport for london has been in a bit of trouble particularly since the pandemic obviously a lot of people were told to stay home um, Mm. and so um, tfl saw a significant drop in passenger numbers Um, and in fact um, khan sadiq khan has said that the sole cause of tfl's financial crisis was the impact of the pandemic Mm. so recently he has had to go to the government for sort of multiple bailouts um, and the sort of latest funding deal has sort of come with strings attached so i think tfl is being Asked to sort of break even on day-to-day operating costs by next March. Um, but last week um, they did reach an agreement with Westminster um for a multi-billion pound deal. But Khan has said this will still leave TFL with you know a significant funding gap. So I'm sure Andy Burnham will be watching what's happening in London closely as he sort of rolls out his sort of vision for the integrated transport network up here.
0: Yeah, and obviously the big difference is in London. It's my understanding that the Tube network, which is very popular, helps to subsidise the bus network. And obviously we don't have a Tube network here, and Metrolink is in, is much smaller and much financially weaker than the Tube. So Andy Burnham won't be able to rely on that. And you got some interesting comments about that from a transport expert, which were in Tuesday's members edition. So people who are a mill members should go and have a, a read of that. Now the big story nationally, obviously, this week is the new prime minister Liz Truss, who won the Tory leadership race on Monday and then became the the new prime minister on on Tuesday. We watched her speech after she won the Tory leadership in the office together, and then I think we also watched her Downing Street speech. And in neither of those speeches did she mention levelling up. Um, it's the it's probably the second most important pledge that the Tories won the 2019 election on, that obviously Get Brexit Done was the big one, but Boris Johnson made this a really big part of his agenda even if he didn't flesh it out properly, even if a lot of experts felt like what the amount of money the government was putting into it wasn't sufficient to to the sort of rhetoric or didn't match the rhetoric, but anyway Truss is so far not talking about this big ticket issue that the Tories got elected on in 2019 You watched Truss at her leadership hustings in, in Manchester last month quite recently did you get a sense from that night that she cares about this kind of area of policy this focus
1: um, yeah, so when she was here in Manchester, it did seem as though she was saying sort of many things to try and get people on board, but she did draw on her time in Leeds. Um, she cracked a joke about being on the wrong side of the Pennines. Hmm. But she did reiterate her commitment to Northern Powerhouse Rail, and she did mention specifically that she wanted to make the M62 the hi- super highway to success. Hmm. But um, apart from those sort of things, there wasn't too much discussion on levelling up. But um, you know her mention of Northern Powerhouse Rail was, you know, obviously quite significant.
0: Yeah, and that has been quite a significant thing because she has pledged during the leadership race to f- um, fund Northern Powerhouse Rail in full, whereas the government under Boris Johnson massively sort of toned down or um, they, they limited the plans to a much more limited um, network of, of, of new rails and improvements and that kind of thing. So this, this idea of having new very high speed uh, railways across uh, the north she has said she'll do that. Obviously, you know, we actually have to see whether she will do it because the the government's going to have to spend like 100 billion pounds on on energy, helping people to get through the, the the energy crisis. Whether or not that really happens, I mean, she also pledged during her leadership campaign to have a minister for the north who would have cabinet responsibilities, and it looks like that's not happening. So I guess we'll have to to keep an eye on that. She keeps mentioning Boris in her speeches, doesn't she? I think she started her Downing Street one talking about Boris, and she talked about. Boris Johnson in her um, Tory leadership sort of acceptance speech as well and I think you know there's an interesting thing here where she was the campaign I suppose her campaign was the one that a lot of Boris Johnson's supporters got behind a lot of his loyalists went for Liz Truss but really as as a, an interesting piece in the Spectator put it on Monday there's a real kind of economic break um, between what Boris Johnson was trying to do, which was quite an expansive state that was really going to try and get involved in bits of the economy where it's failed in the past. And that believes in redistribution, at least on paper. And Liz Truss, who said on the on the weekend on a on a BBC TV show, you know, I think to quote, to look at everything through the lens of distribution, I believe is wrong. What I'm about is growing the economy, and growing the economy benefits everybody. That's a very different, obviously, outlook, economic outlook. As I said, she hasn't appointed that minister for the North at cabinet level. You know, we we had a we had a message from a reader after our Monday briefing where we mentioned you know her like a sort of lack of talking about leveling up in her first speech we had a reader say you know you, you guys have you have to give her a chance it sounds like you're talking Liz Trust down at the first uh, at the first opportunity so I suppose Danny, you know are we going to give Liz Trust a chance
1: um here at the mill we are scrupulously fair. so yeah of course <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay we're giving her a chance good A big story that's been breaking the past couple of days is that the Manchester United winger, um, legendary player from the 90s and and early noughties, Ryan Giggs, he's going to face a retrial for allegedly assaulting his girlfriend. Um, His first trial collapsed um, last week. Um, Jurors failed to reach a verdict after many, many hours of, of deliberations. Danny, what is Ryan Giggs accused of?
1: So Ryan Giggs has been accused of sort of controlling and coercive behaviour towards his ex-partner, Kate Greville, who is 36. And he is also accused of assaulting Greville's younger sister, Emma, on the same night that he assaulted um, his ex-partner, Kate, sort of in November 2020.
0: And a side note to that trial, or or an important side note, was a social media post that Gary Neville did which obviously we're not going to you know, repeat on the podcast because there's this other trial coming up, the retrial, but that social media post, which was mentioned at the judge at the trial, it was seen as um, inappropriate, and it, he has been referred to the Attorney General. So there could be a sort of implications and consequences for Gary Neville um, around the way he's responded to the trial, um, not just um, Ryan Giggs himself. Now, Danny, one story that you flagged uh, when you came in on Monday was that The City, which is a pub we've talked about a lot in the office and we've written about, Jack Dalhanty did a great piece after drinking there. It seems to have closed down. It's been going since I think 1904. Is is, is it closing down?
1: Yes, it's been going since 1804. Oh, um, yes, yeah, so um, sort of a photo emerged on Twitter and it um, some still, you know, it's sad, sad story that the city is closing down. um For a time, it did seem that was a ray of hope because um, a reporter responded to the tweet saying, "No, they're currently, in co- you know, hopefully they'll have a conversation with the council later to see what can be done, sort of including like a refurbishment." But it does seem that yes, the city is closing permanently, which will be a sad day for for its regular regular punters.
0: So all these regular punters are going to have to go to one of these other old school northern quarter boozers that uh that jack that jack wrote about in his piece if you haven't read that piece it's um it's on our site and it's well worth a read another not far away from from where the city is is market street and um the much maligned market street that i walk down every morning to get to work but you wrote a lovely piece about market street for our members on on tuesday what sort of prompted you to do that danny
1: I just found it very interesting, you know, it's it's, you're walking down the street and you can't really go very far without being accosted by someone. So it's, um, you know, one person's trying to sell you i don't know like a a vegan recipe kit and then you walk down a bit further and then someone someone else is trying to get something for you so i just thought it was it was quite a funny funny way to look at you know a a street that sort of everyone seemingly hates but actually if you if you just look a bit closer under the surface there's actually a lot of joy to be found in sort of the the weird and wonderful interactions you can have there
0: nice and you took some nice photos as well which people can find at manchestermill.co.uk Uh, Danny, we're in the newsroom and we'd like to give a little update about what's going on in the newsroom and and what we're covering. Jack and I are working on another story about homelessness and and, and the way in which it's dealt with in in Manchester. Jack's been working on the uh, inquest of a man who died at um, Strangeways. And you, I believe, have been um, writing about a clown in Bolton. Tell me about that.
1: Yes, so he is a professional circus clown. But um, it is a bit of a, a sad and sort of a tragic story. So he, he's from Bolton, but as a child, he experienced um, child sexual abuse. Mm. Um, and so I had a sit down with him, sort of talked about his story. And actually, how, how do you become a professional circus clown? You know, how do you bring joy to you know hundreds of children when you yourself have experienced some some really pretty horrific abuse as you were growing up so um that was a really sort of touching and insightful interview i had and hopefully that will be coming out very soon
0: good stuff okay danny at this point of the podcast we like to recommend a couple of things going on on the weekends um in greater manchester and my nod for the weekend is this festival It's called We Invented the Weekend. It's a festival of free time, is what they call it. It's happening on Saturday and Sunday across Media City, Salford Quays. They said they've got 250 activities, 25 venues and stages, 30 musical acts. It even says eight boat parties. It sounds good. And the idea of this, or I think the inspiration behind it, is the creation of the half holiday, or basically of the weekend. So there's a, a guy called William Marsden, who is a Mancunian... Um, he presided over this committee which effectively won the right of, of workers industrial workers in Manchester to have a half holiday workers could leave at noon and relax in the afternoon or whatever so that that's the kind of concept It's like industrial weekend was created or first eked out in Manchester and then in Salford so that's what the festival is going to be based on and yeah as I say it's on Saturday and Sunday what's your nod for the weekend?
1: Um, So I'm going to be raving and misbehaving on Saturday evening. Um, Repercussion Festival is returning to the Warehouse Project, so Warehouse Project season is officially here. The lineup looks absolutely fantastic, so Little Sims, Jamie XX, and Fred Again will be headlining. If there are any Fred Again fans, then I'm sure you'll know that his Boiler Room set in London was absolutely phenomenal, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, Fred Again enthusiasts there when I go on Saturday
0: unreal okay enjoy your weekend everyone we have a great sunday episode coming up in which jack Delanty and i talk about our five month i think it, i think it's five month maybe six month investigation into homelessness in manchester what's driving the figures and whether the city is dealing well with with one of its most pressing social problems listen out for that story of our investigation on sunday and um, have a lovely weekend